Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 67th episode. And on this episode, we get to talk to Adam Mosley, head coach at Hoover High School in Alabama, as well as the now 18U national pitching coach for USA Baseball. Coach Mose uh, was a 2021 state finalist at Hoover. In 2017, they did win the 7A Alabama State Championship. They've won five area championships in a row. And in seven years he's been there, he's had 44 going to play college, 16 of them with Division I. Before Hoover, he was at Virgil Grissom, where he had a first and second round pick. And then on the offseason, he coached with USA Baseball. And he's coached 14U, been the pitching coach at the 14U level, the 15U national level. And this year, he's actually going to be with the 18U national teams. So, great pitching guy, huge pitching guy. He's won over 400 games in his career as a head coach. He's an incredible person, a man of faith, strong integrity, and just an absolute leader of men. And so, uh, just really fortunate to be able to give a chance to talk to Coach Mose here before we get rolling with the summer. And um, I really appreciate him taking some time. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. We get into full program stuff from culture to what he's doing in between starts. And, you know, we just rolled from the get-go. So, again, it was just a great conversation to have with a great baseball guy. And I truly appreciate it. And um, hopefully, guys, it's going to help you get better. All right, so here he is, Coach Adam Mosley. Hoover High School. We have so all we have is five zones in our in our entire program for for pitching, for hitting, how we want to approach, whatever, and it is always the same. One is always all the way off the plate. If, so just see it from the catcher's perspective. Okay. One is always all the way off the plate on the left side. So basically, right knee on the corner. Rest your body off the plate. You're basically almost straddling the white line of the batter's box, you know, like okay. that, that far over. Two is on the corner. So you, you're, you're the middle of your body is on the outside edge of the plate. Three is down the middle. Four is on the other corner. Five is all the way off the plate on the other side. And that's all we do. Mm-hmm. And we call, we call pitches from there. We talk approach from there. Like we talk about, you know, do you want to, you either want to be a, a one zone hitter right here, maybe, you know, maybe it's a two O count and you're, you know, really struggling or whatever. Let's just be a one zone hitter right now. And, and mm-hmm. you pick your zone that you're hunting or you're rolling, you're seeing, you know, beach balls come up there with, Hey, you just be three zone hitter. As far as we're concerned, you, you just, if it's on the plate, let's let them fly. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes communication in game and after game and charting things and everything else, incredibly simple to me because we just, you know, th- that's our, program language is where was that pitch it was a one okay perfect i know from there and same, we call pitches the same way like you know if we're doing a, a scripted pen it's like a fastball in the two a two seam in the two a four seam in the three whatever it might be and that's how we do it and so you know i know you can i grew up in the nine zone deal yeah you know and 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 played for coach shoot we did nine zones and that was awesome but um I, Maybe it's because I'm simple. I don't know, but I just like this, you know, simpler the better. And I think our guys kind of, you know, they thrive in that. And it it, it also, although I want them to have very high standards, like, man, throwing a ball in the nine zone is kind of hard to do a lot of times. And then you're sure. kind of building some failure in. And, you know, that way I think you kind of have a little more feel for success too, personally. So Yeah. And I, I mean, so if you want to, if you want to call something up, you know, from a pitching standpoint, yeah. you just say like, you just want it up. Like, got a, yeah. I got like a different sign from the catcher that be like say up in the four or whatever. And okay. so for us up is always, you know, we're just going to throw it at the hands. Generally, we're not going to, yeah. we don't ever do the, you know, throw it way up or anything no. like that. It's just not our thing, but and yeah, then down the same, same concept, but we, our pitchers know too, like, you know, one, two breaking ball, if it's called, in the four zone with a right-handed hitter, like if you bounce, that's a win. If you leave it up, that's a, that's bad. So it doesn't even really necessarily have to be called a lot of the time. They just, they just know. And, and we, we talked through it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, and, and the scripted pens help with those things too. So yeah. Scripted pens. I, I think scripting everything that you can is great. I think, you know, one of the things guys don't do maybe that helps pitchers um, is like taking a lesson from a football coach. You know, they, a lot of times they script, like say the first 10 plays or whatever, 
well, script your first pitches, the first 10 pitches of the game, you know, throw them in the pen pregame. So you have the feel already. And, you know, it's going to look weird sometimes. You may be, you know, 2-0 and, you know, throwing spin down the middle or whatever. But, hey, that's what we practice. That's what we're going to do. And so, you know, you, I think it's up to the pitching coach to know what gets that guy into the game as quickly as possible and get gets him to, you know, because the first innings the is the toughest inning. Mm-hmm. So for most of them. And so if they've already had their first inning prior to the first inning, you know, it's a positive. And, but I know like some guys, maybe they need to feel the breaking ball glove side. They, that's just what they have to feel. So let's throw some glove side breaking balls very early to get feel for them to get ready for, or to be locked into the game. And maybe, uh, maybe he needs to feel the fastball, uh, the two seam uh, arm side and see it sink and work. So we call that and, then you got, you know, got him into his field real quick. And it also, it's even funner when you can trust the guy and you go, Hey man, what makes you feel great? And he right. tells you, yeah. And then you're like, all right, these are the first five pitches. You like them. I would coach. I'd rather throw uh, a change up in there. Awesome, dude. Let's put the change up for the third pitch and just roll with it. And, you know, more often than not, you get, you have tremendous success doing it that way. I think. Yeah, talk about the ownership too of that. You know that, and yeah. that's where that's what I like too. That's why I like. So here's a question I was going to ask you about, like the plates. Okay. Think and thinking about the system, thinking about the uh, the play calling system. Um. But, well, is uh, even taking that a step further instead of hang the zones? Like, what if there's a a system that a kid would have in mind, saying like reds down the middle? Like I'm not yeah. going to get like if if, yeah. if even if we would have given them ownership and choice of like, okay, I want you to. To, to create this plate as a visual for you yeah. and say, what, what does this look like to you? Is it one, two, three, four, five, or is it colors? Like what, what, what do you think? Yeah. And I'd, I'd almost be like my, here's your homework, create, here's a blank template. Here's a, here's the plate. Yeah. Come to me with what your system's going to be. Yeah. And I think, I think the simpler, the better, you know, when it comes to that, because good luck finding head kids don't know nine colors. So you better yeah. have less than nine there. But, um, uh, yeah. Also tell me like when you go to practicing that I saw a deal, you know, Montana Fouts was the whole, was the rage of the college world series and rightfully so uh, for Alabama or one of the, her and the pitcher from James Madison, both yeah. were, were, were hugely popular. And I saw a clip of somebody put on Twitter. I don't know who it was, but you could build this into what you're talking about. Like they put a, they were putting center blocks in the middle of the plate and then they put the two, um, two dummy hitters on each side of the plate. And so it was essentially like stay out of the middle and stay on the corners. And they were throwing bullpens to, to that. Mm. Uh, w- w- and it was, I thought it was awesome. So it could be the same general concept there. Like, Hey coach, I, in order for me to not see or to not throw the ball in the middle of the plate more, I need to like have a visual that shows me don't throw the doggone ball in the middle of the plate. So maybe, you, maybe they're seeing red there. So you paint the center blocks red and you just work outside of the center block and you got what you need at that point. That's true. It's true. Yeah. You know, to still give them like the, the, the five zones just as a, yeah. this is going to be how we like script things and how we're going to call pitches and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like your visual could then be on top of what you would need from that system. No doubt. No doubt right. about it. Yeah. So that would still be the ownership and, and giving them that little bit of like yeah. homework. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So they can sure. kind of see that. Cause I do, I just like the vision. Like I said, that's why I didn't get the green turf. I wanted something like white ish. Yeah. That's sure. close to that's white right. as I could. That will be just like <laughs> yeah. the plate. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I do. I do. So it's uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's just where kids could roll it up, put it in their back pocket and yes. go play, it's go a, play some the, catch. The carpet's a good idea. I've already talked to, we had a player a couple of years ago whose dad owns a carpet store. I just called him like after you sent me the text, like, Hey man, I need some old carpet. Yep. He said, what for? And I told him, he goes, this was even cooler. He, I started, he and I always joked about our umpires and how, you know, they would get bigger and smaller and all those kinds of things. Um, I said, we not, we need to have a, a, a plate for each umpire that we know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like yeah so now we're gonna have like the tiny plate the big plate and just just have a little fun with it for the kids so they they get it and understand it, it gives them a little ownership like you said yeah that is super good i mean that's kind of like reminds me of like butch's things about the blocks you know like especially when it comes to hitting you know like you got your no strike block you know you got you got your two strike block you know yeah. that's yeah. that's even definitely cooler um just even given the visual because like i told kids it's just it's an umpire zone you know no that's doubt. What it comes down to like it's really can, not a strike zone you can train whatever you want to train for knowing the plate, but if you don't know what the umpire's calling, it doesn't matter. Mm, no absolutely. Doubt. No doubt. 
you know, so like if, so with you guys using this, this system, uh, yeah. with, and like, how do you guys, I mean, how do you guys incorporate that during practice? Like, is it just really your flat ground? Like, is that part of like just every pitcher's like throwing program? Yeah, it is. And, and, and we give like a ton of freedom for like flat ground type. We don't do it. I mean, we do some flat grounds. We do an elevated flat ground, which is essentially throwing it on the, on the incline, but you know, based on the day, but you know, essentially like you want them to know what zone they're weak at. They, they've been weak in recently. And some guys want to practice like crazy on the weak zone. And some guys want to practice like crazy on what they're strong at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, but yeah, that's all we, it's all we talk about is, is in terms of like sequencing it up is, Hey, let's throw some balls in the four zone right now. And let's, let's see, you know, you know, say you're a right-hander and you're trying to learn to front door fastball. So I want you to start it in the five and bring it to the four and start getting feel for it. And then you relate it to, you know, we still do release points. Like a lot of people talk about, it's still been a thing for us that, you know, if you, in theory, down the middle is right off the end of your nose and then the four zone is right kind of off your ear and then outside is, is you know, farther off. And so I know it doesn't exactly translate to it, but it, it lets them feel like they're getting to fixed points in space and learning to, to feel the fixed point uh, to do that. And so in a flat ground, that's, it's a lot of our language is, is speaking like that. And then on the mound, you know, it, we do that and you can get the nine screens uh, mm-hmm. that, that to throw to. And I would much rather always have them throw to that versus throw to, you know, me sit there and catch them or, or me be on the other. I want to be on the end with the pitcher. And the nine screen never lies. That's what's so great about it. You oh, know, yeah. like that is, you can't mess that like you know, did the catcher frame it? Did he not? It doesn't matter. It either was in there or it wasn't. And then mm-hmm. we kind of work off of those two. I wish I, if I could invent someone, I'd invent a nine screen that you could kind of slide them back and forth and get to the, you know, to our zones, you know, oh, which, yeah. which we're not there yet. But, you know, I, that might be, maybe I should call a patent person or something. And there get, you go. Get that I just got to get a good, get a good welder. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Good. Yeah. We got those around here now. <laughs> in right. Alabama, you can find a welder in a heartbeat. That's it. You get a good welder. I mean, there you go. But yeah, yeah I, no I, I doubt. love that. I love that even on the infield too. Like just put out the infield, like you yes. can get a, you can get a six foot three guy out there and he can get, that's great. But you got to hit this screen right here. No doubt. I Loving think it's it. a, the more you can dehumanize it quite frankly, the better in practice to me uh, when we're talking about those kinds of things. It's like the guy, you know, there's the argument over fungo or machine ground balls. Like let's work on actually just getting it right first. And then we'll worry about the fungo and the, and the, you know, the guy picking it or whatever, let's get it in the ballpark first. So yeah, putting mm-hmm. the screen over there is a, is a no doubter for me. Oh yeah. Another track and field thing there too. Yeah. <laughs> just like, did you do it or not? Yeah, you know? no doubt. You either it's did exactly, or you didn't. That's exactly that's right. That's it. Take the, be- take the subjective out of it, make it all objective. And <laughs> you know, there you go. Absolutely. So like, um, you know, thinking of like flat ground work too, like from a pitcher standpoint, like, will there be a specific focus even like when a guy's breaking ball? Like, is it just, yeah. is it just really about just commanding the zone or is it just, Hey, spin a break ball in the three. Well, I think you got to kind of, I think a lot of it is also what are you about to face? Like, you know, yeah. if you know, say we're in the playoffs or whatever, we know this team is great at hitting fastballs, which usually if they're a great fastball hitting team, the change is a money pitch against that right there. Right. So maybe you have a focal point there um, or early in the year, it's about let's, let's, let's plug our hole and not worry about, even what the hitter is doing, let's just worry about us. And so I, th- I think that's the, probably the first thing is what are you getting ready for to know why you're throwing the flat ground and what you want to work on in the flat ground or in the, just really the bullpen. If you were, t- we would call it a stuff we're working on our stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you got to have that kind of focal point, you know, when we're in the playoffs and, or in uh, our district play, we call it area, but most people call it district. And, and I know what's coming. Well, we're probably going to, you know, shade the preparation towards what's coming even though you want to be good at what you do you also want to know you know what can i call that is for sure going to attack the weakness if it's there so i think you know you got that but also early in the year like i said you know, let's go yeah spend a ton of breaking balls if you want to change plates like that that's one of the great things about flat grounds is you can change distances extremely easy yeah and you know if you if a guy's struggling throwing a breaking ball scoot scoot the plate up he's either going to get to the top of it or it's going to look really bad. And, you know, it, it kind of generally fixes itself a lot of times, mm-hmm. so, but you know, 
flat ground teaching points, you know, it's such a good time to teach release and, you know, feel, and, you know, are you trying to get your, your middle finger over the ball for the, for the curveball, or you really, you know, trying to throw your change up through the catcher or all those kinds of things. Those are great teaching times. Mm-hmm. And like, um, it, it's just got me thinking about, cause I know that you, you spend time in the summer coaching and things like that, you know, like, so not knowing maybe what's ahead, like, yeah. how do you, how do you change that? How do you change that in the summer? Like, what do you, uh, work with what, you know, they did their bullets basically Yeah, work with their bullets. What was, what did, what worked and didn't work in the Previous. past outing when, okay. whenever you did, whatever yeah. you threw, like we just had a kid who he was our, he threw game one for us in the playoffs all the time. And his first outing in the summer was not good. And so we spent the whole time uh, in the pen yesterday. It was a, a glorified flat ground. We just put them on the bull on the mound mm-hmm. and it was all about lower body feel. It had literally nothing to do with stuff. It was just, Hey, let's work on your lower body feel. Like he basically, he was essentially not engaging his, his backside glute in any form or fashion. And mm-hmm. he had just, he would look like a, a quarterback out there just slinging it and it was going terribly for him. And so that was one of them. And so I think you got to know kind of, we did that one just because he had been terrible his previous outing. So let's go get him back mechanically right before we even worry about stuff at that point. But if it's a guy who, you know, has had a good couple outings, then let's go try and make stuff better. You know, let's try and blend, you know, tunnels are always fun to work in a flat ground and, and teaching a guy, you know, like that's where many times I'll go, I'll go walk out in front of the, the uh, pitcher, go, Hey, I want you to keep the breaking ball the same as the fastball for 20 feet. And so I'll go stand 20 feet in front of the pitcher between him and the, not between him and the catcher, but like just off the line of the pitch yeah. and say, Hey, keep it, keep it in line through me and just give him a visual. And you can see real quick and let the catcher tell him, Hey man, the breaking ball popped out of your hand or, Hey, that was really flat out of your hand. And that's, that's going to become a really good slider. And so I think it really depends on what that, what kind of, what the global idea is, but also maybe what they did in the past, you know, past outing. Cause if they were terrible, the past outing, you can work on stuff all you want, but, they want to get back to being confident more than anything else. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So based on that last performance yeah. for sure. Tony, that's a great, that's great. And you just did a lot of constraint stuff, man. That's really cool. Yeah. You cons- you more constraints, the better as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Always. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, you love those constraints. For sure. I do. I do. I, yeah, so. I want, I want accountability and, you know, I just want them to know when they've failed, like what's causing it. And let's see if we can work through it. Cause you know, failure is the greatest teacher. It is. Yeah. It's just feedback. I mean, we had, we had guys like, so I'm, I'm coaching a team that most of the kids are like that transition year between sophomore, between JV and varsity. So most of these guys are in varsity, but you know, they got like five innings relief. They're all role players on the varsity team right now. So like they come out for our first workout and it's not very good. You know, like it's just some things are just flat (laughs) guys are just, I'm just like, look, like you're still working this stuff out. And like, all this is is feedback of where we are right now. It's all it is, you know, like you got to continue just going about your work and okay. Flat ground's got to get better. You know, you get back on this mound, your bullpen needs to be a lot more sharp, you know, and it's just, and it's so that those are just, it's just feedback. It's just all it is. It's feedback. And the one thing kids today, I guess don't understand as much is that, Throwers throw. It's like, you know, they say in basketball, shooters shoot. Well, throwers throw. And and if you're just throwing with no chance of failure, then you're not learning. You know, you, you have no uh, – uh, there's not as much feedback as, as there will be when, hey, there, there's something on the line. And, and there's a time to throw with nothing on the line for sure. But there's also – we probably do more of that generally in society, throw nothing on the line than we do throw – with some constraints that can give you feedback that can cause failure that can then make you learn you know, very quickly what you should be doing instead of what you have been doing. Right. And so speaking of that, so like, uh, do you like to compete at all or is it mostly oh. just like individual, like uh, individual constraints? Uh, compete. I love bullpens where guys are throwing next to each other and their mouths are running. I absolutely love it. I want, um, smack talk as far, man, as long as we're not saying terrible stuff, I want them, <laughs> holding each other accountable. I love like, you know, pl- basically playing horse in basketball, but on the mound, Hey, I'm about to throw one down and away and I'm going to throw it 90 or I'm going to mm-hmm. throw my best bullet is 82. So I'm going to hit 82. And then little Johnny over here is a, he's an 85 guy. So he's got to throw his best bullet in the same exact zone. And if he doesn't, we get a point. And I, those kinds of things, you learn more from that 
I think, than you do going, Hey man, I'm going to go throw 25 pitches in the pen. Right. Oh, well, great. I mean, awesome. And there is a time and place like the day before the game, throw your 25 pitches. If that's what makes you great or two days before the game. But you know, if that, if that's who you are, I had a guy who a couple of years ago is one of the best we've ever had. And he wanted to throw 20 pitches, just feeling his stuff. Um, the day before he started and it was, you know, it wasn't full speed or anything, but that was his thing. It's totally against who I kind of, who I would have been, Yeah. but you know, that's who he was. And, and, you know, there's a trust value there too. Like if you start being a bad pitcher doing that, then we're going to change something up. But as long as you're throwing well, and he was yeah. drinking Dr. Pepper when he did it, like, <laughs> you know, like I was just terrible. I think this is, there's nothing healthy. There's nothing that I say is great to me, like that would have helped me out, but, I'm not pitching. He's pitching. Yeah. And the feedback was like, it works. So let's not do anything. Yeah. yeah. He, he only, he went, I mean, it was like 60 innings giving up like one earned run. Like, Hey man, you, you tell me what time you want to come to the ballpark. And I'm a, I'll make sure you the Uber's there to pick you up. <laughs> tell me Dr. Peppers I need to have in the club. That's it. I, we're sponsored <laughs> by Dr. Pepper now. No doubt about it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. For sure. But I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of part of the, I mean, I'm not saying we're artists or anything, but you got to know your guys and, and mm-hmm. if you don't, then, you know, you got to trust them too. And if you don't, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You know, I'm sure he appreciated that as well. Just then that made him even grow even more. Yeah, I, I think so. We're still very close and he pitches in the SEC now and it's, it's, um, we still talk and it's, it's always like, you know, he's, he's neat. Like he's the guy who wants talk, conversation with his coach a lot. And he needs that. And so we just, it's great for me because I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to talk to you guys all the time. Some guys aren't that way at all. Some guys right. are like stone faced, no emotion. And there's, that can be, that can work too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like speaking about like competing, like how does that change it, like during the season? You know, like does yeah, it really probably change? less between starts, less competition. Um, I think you got to kind of, there's a, if there's an art to stuff, it's knowing how much, he the guy needs after his last couple outings like if he's out there dominating folks and it's not easy well you probably need to make the bullpen pretty hard to keep him to keep his edge mm-hmm. right but if he is struggling let's go make sure we i mean he can struggle all he wants in the bullpen as long as he's confident on, on game day and goes out there and throws bbs on game day for you where you want them then then who cares what the bullpens were like as long as they resulted in what you needed. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think it's a floating, floating amount for each guy. You know, I, I think you can have some pillars of what you want to do, but it's got to, it's got to change based on the guy. Um, the, the work has to be put in, but the, maybe the competition level and the intensity level can change for, for each guy for sure. Yeah. So, so again, it's still just that based on the feedback and here's where we're at. Yeah. So here's how we're going to structure this week. Now, will you kind of build guys about basically like, you know, kind of, just kind of build the week based on like where they're at. And then you kind of, everybody kind of knows what they're doing for the rest of the week. Yeah. We do that. You know, the the hard part is when you get a two way guy and and a guy, you know, which we have next year, we're going to have like most of our staff is going to be, they'll play in the field too. And so then you kind of try to work in say a long toss from his fielding position or something like that or, or along those lines. But yeah, you, you having, I think you look at them like pillars and not like rules in stone. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, there's, you know, we have to have like a, you know, you got to have a good long toss between, you know, when, between starts, you got to have, be able to flush your body. Uh, most of those are going to happen for our guys in the first couple of days after their, after their start, you got to have a good, good couple lifts in that. I, I do think that even that's a little different for guys. Like I, I'd love to have a, a full body lift and a lower body lift, but um, some guys, don't want to lift within three days uh, of their start because they're still sore. And so you kind of tweak that. And so, but I think you have to have those, you, you kind of, the general rule is crush them right after they pitch mm-hmm. and then taper it down as they, as they get closer to their next appearance. That's assuming he's a starter. Uh, and the crush has almost nothing to do with a long distance. You know, it's got, you know, whether it's things like heavy ropes or sprints and, you know, jump boxes and water bags and all those things are, um, you know, they're unique and, and they, they actually let our players kind of have almost like a sense of ownership and a, a sense that like I'm doing something different than other people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you get a water bag out right now in front of other people. They're like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Well, we're dominating actually. Next time we go out there, we're dominating because we did this stuff right here. And it can, you know, it's, it's brutal when you, when you do that stuff, that stuff that uh, those guys are doing at 108 is, is there's some special stuff coming out of it for sure. Yes, there is. Yes, there yeah. is. No doubt. Absolutely. Mm, we are rolling, man. We are rolling. This yeah, awesome. that's, I love it. It's love good. it. Love it. Yeah, I mean, so like, I would love to. I guess it's. I guess like you said, it, it's just finding like the. Like I love the competition, so like I'm just thinking in yeah. the summer right now, like how how we can help make that work, maybe from a less intensity standpoint, but still be able to to compete, see some failure in between, um, depending on you know what we would need. Uh, just trying to see how how that would work during the summers. Yeah, well, I think it, maybe it starts with, you know, the, we're a Google school here at Hoover. Like it is, we if we're going to do something, it's supposed to be on Google, right? Well, you can make a Google form really easy where the kids, you just make it for each player. And you say, hey, rate these three things every day. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how's your soreness? Um, you know, what was your effort level today in practice? And... Uh, you know, you can make it whatever you want to be, you know, how do you, how do you feel in practice, whatever it might be, that's a marker for you. And if they, if they're filling that out, it takes like 10 seconds on their phone, boom, boom, boom. And then like a notes section and they tell you, coach, I didn't sleep real good last night. Or, you know, I was up in the hotel or whatever. And then you can look at that and go, okay, little Johnny felt good today. We probably feel like we can push him really hard the next day. And you don't even have to like have that super in-depth conversation. Cause if you got 15 pitchers and, you talk to every one of them for, for two minutes. Well, there's and your practice just got long real fast, right? But they go out, they leave practice that day and you tell them when they're leaving, Hey, form out questions Then I can look at it, you know, while y'all are out getting your lunch or dinner or whatever. And I can look at it and go, okay, uh, I really feel like Johnny needs to pitch. And so you got your phone right there. I need, he needs to go pretty hard in the pen tomorrow. All right. He was feeling good today. Boom. Let's go ahead and plug that in and roll. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's one way to, that you can do it. Um, you can, you know, make that with, you know, after, after uh, outing performance, like reviews and things like that, you know, you can do, do some different things where it kind of desensitizes it, depersonalizes it a little bit, even though it is personalizing because kids will type more into this phone than, <laughs> than they'll ever tell you to your face. Sure. And, and then you go, okay, this is where he stands. Let's go get it, get to work. And then when you show up to practice the next day and you're like, Hey, Bill, um, it said, you know, you, I know you said you weren't feeling great. You said you had a little bit of elbow soreness. Let's talk about that real quick. And he's like, dang, coach cares. Like he really, he, he's paid attention to this stuff. He gets it. And, you know, you got, like, I see most of our kids in the hallway. So it's a little easier. Next year, I won't see as many because just the schedule is going to be different. So then we'll probably do more of that. But, you know, whether you're going to see them in the hallway, if you're not going to see them naturally every day and be able to have that quick convo before practice, just set something else like that up and you kind of got all you need at that point. Mm-hmm. That way you can also match up guys that might need to compete a little bit more, a little yeah. bit and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Just that's kind right. of match them up and go pitch for pitch. And Yeah. That, I mean, you want to say day four after the start, they're three days out from their next start. Hey, Bill and Steve, y'all are, let's go. We're, we're playing a game of horse on the mound and, and whoever wins, the other one's running. Like that's when we run distance when it's punishment. So you got a mile or whatever, you know, something, mm-hmm. whatever you want it to make to me sure. you got you're cleaning up the you know after the dugout after the game or whatever mm-hmm. not for sure mm, awesome man yeah appreciate it buddy this is great um shoot just like if you would say things that had worked when you first started that you just Oof. still do versus the things that man i used to do this and i don't know why i did them yeah uh I think things that don't work is easier, um, <laughs> a, a lot easier, but like the things that work still are, I mean, you want like pitching things that work or just in general coaching things? In general, man. In general. Okay. I, I think the things that still work are, I think it's important to open your home to your team. I just, I just think it is like it. We don't do it a lot because as, as much as I would like to simply because my house is small, my team is big, but, and we've got a newborn there, but, um, you know, having them over for a dinner, a Christmas party, that kind of thing, letting them know your family is, I think it might be the most important thing, honestly, like that they have enough people using them for things. They need somebody who's developing them and, and 
they know they can count on and that kind of stuff. So I, I think, and we, I, I kind of talk about that. You want to kind of coach for the events that, that matter the most. Like there's no greater honor for me than to get a, an invitation to one of my former players weddings. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's just so special and you want to be able to do that. And, and they're I, shamelessly, like they're not inviting you if, if you didn't pour something into them, you know, and that nor should they, I, I, I tell ours that all don't invite me if you don't, you know, like, if you didn't get something out of it, don't just because, Hey, well, that's my coach. I'm supposed to No, it's, it's your wedding. You, you get to invite whoever you want. Right. Um, you know, so coaching for those kinds of things, if you always have that in mind, it helps a ton. Um, I think we used to absolutely run the piss out of our guys all the time. Mm. And my players that come back to practice now, like coach, man, you're so soft. <laughs> well, yes. And no, like, I mean, we just do it different. We, we don't, we do, we go so hard with so many different things that if you run them too much, you're probably, um, you know, you're taken away from those other things. Now I'll, I'll hold you after a game and we'll go turn the football field lights. We did it this year. We turned the football field lights on cause they had turf and it was raining and we ran and we ran and we ran. And, and sometimes you need that, but other times, I think, I guess what I've learned is over time is like, sometimes you just call them over in the dugout and go, Hey, little Billy, like that ain't gonna fly. And, and we're not, that's not what we're about. And, uh, if I see it again, we're going to have a real issue. And usually they're like, yes, sir. And, and they, they, they learn from it. I used to yell because, you know, because more, because I would tell them, I, I only want to have to say it once. And what a cop out for me. Like, mm -hmm. like you tell guys you want to develop relationships, but then do something that you you're trying to only say it once. Well, how are you really developing a relationship? It's like, you know, talking on both sides of your mouth. So look for that, look for that moment where you can come up and make it easy. The conversation easy, get their attention and, and, and go with it. So I think that's something we, we do now that maybe we didn't do as good a job of, you know, and I know I didn't do as good a job of it in the past. And, you know, when you're young, I think you get away with more because they just naturally relate to you mm -hmm. more. And uh, the older you get, the more you got to really, really make it intentional about what you do. So what that's are some something. Those, go, ahead, go ahead. I was just thinking, like, what are some of your in, most intentional things? You know, like Sheets is a, you know, big, big hug every time you're out there in the, in the, yeah. the left of the line. Yeah. Uh, uh, as a, if I'm going to the mounds to talk to a guy, I'm touching them. Yeah. That's just as, as simple as it gets. Like, I'm going to, and in big moments, we're going to, I'm going to put my arms around everyone I'm out there if I can. Uh, to talk through stuff. Um, so that's an intentional one, uh, on the field. I try to, uh, off the field. We try to, I try to speak to every player each day. It's, it does not always happen. I'm not going to tell you, it, you know, for sure does, but you try to like all the, a lot of coaches are very much, Hey, um, let's make our throwing time before practice, like a very, uh, structured and I want it structured, trust me, but a very, uh, you know, quiet focused time and i want to i just selfishly i want to go up and go trey how was your day man everything going good yeah johnny i know you hey i know you you said uh you know stuff was going bad at the house um you know tell me about it real quick everything okay and i'm gonna work my way up and down lines and, and talk to guys and that kind of stuff and i want them i i, I love chatter when we're playing so i'm gonna intentionally try and be a chatter guy myself when it comes to that uh, so that's an intentional, intentional thing. We, we do intentional things after, you know, when the season ends, like I got a stack of Bibles, I'm about to, to write in for every one of our seniors that, that just, uh, just left. And, you know, I think I, I'm as, as fallen as any human as there is in the country, but we're going to try and intentionally live out life in front of them as much as we can. Like I want, I want them to see what, what the sacrifices you make as a, as a dad and, and to, to know what it's like. And we're going to tell them about it you know, this year was a really hard year for me personally. And they knew every single bit of what was going on because I think they need, we need male role models in life more than anything else for a young male. They need a guy they can count on that shows them the right way, but also shows them failure and how to respond from the failure that they make. And trust me, there's a lot of failure that comes out of this. And so mm -hmm. that's, I think that may be one of our most or my most intentional things is to really try to live real life and, and, you know, not live in some ivory tower, you know, ha come to our house, come be around it. You know, if I need my grass mode, I'm going to call one of our players. And if I'm going to be out of town doing USA, Hey man, will you come to my house? And just 
you want to see somebody take some pride, just go, Hey buddy, will you come mow my house and just check in on my wife and kids, make sure everything's okay. That chest pokes out and they're like, coach, I'm on it. And I mean, we're going to pay them for cutting the grass or whatever, but they see, you know, like this is what life is for you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know. Those are some, some intentional things I, we do a lot, but I, I don't know that we, we do character development and I don't know that everybody's doing character development. Now that doesn't necessarily separate you, you know, every day is a character development and whether you're doing a, you know, this licensed class where you're paying, you know, whatever money for somebody to give you this structured thing, or you're just sitting there and, and talking through life. Like I, I love to go sit in our locker room and just laugh at kids, you know, it's the silliness that they create in there and talk through life with them. And, and you see them just kind of open up real quick when you do. And you, you got to be able to separate that from being on the field with them because They've got plenty of friends. They don't need a friend. They need somebody. They need somebody that can help guide them in doing what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. No, it's, that's 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 where I. It's it's so valuable to have such a, a guy like you, like you said, the male role models and guys doing it for the right reasons. And yes. Um. So like, not. How you incorporate that? You know, like you do stuff all year. You know, you were on full program, and yeah. you know, you know, guys are doing baseball stuff, constantly from weightlifting to uh, uh, all they're doing, how are you, or is that a separate session? Do you try to build into your practices? Do you try to, is it before practice? Yeah, we, so in the fall, it's a lot easier to just kind of have a, you know, like a day or, or a, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to take the 30 minutes to start, uh, to start Wednesday. We're going to go over uh, the character, kind of a character lesson for the week and that kind of stuff. We, th those are easy, easier than once you get the season rolling, it's harder and it's, it's more like a, you know, start practice. I mean, I'm not going to be uh, Bianco at Ole Miss and videoing myself giving lessons or anything like that, but it's like that, you know, right before practice, let's talk about, you know, like we were playing a team that kind of ran their mouth a whole lot and it was jaw jacking a bunch and, and, and that we knew that was going to happen. And, you know, so you, you just talk through how does this relate to life? Like you're going to have people say stuff about you the rest of your life. And, and are you, you know, how are you going to respond? Are you just going to go, be able to go ahead and do your job? Or are you going to let them distract you from your job and, 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 you know, take it from there. And so a lot of times it's more seasonal based in, in season or more opponent based or, or circumstance based, I guess. But I mean, God, I'm like, this is not a blessing, but I guess it is like we, we dealt with a bunch, you know, the COVID year, it just was like, Hey man, God was like, I'm going to put it on the tee for you. Here's some character talks for you. You know, <laughs> yeah, you don't control anything. You know, no. or you don't, you, you don't control anywhere near as much as you think you do and what's really important and all those things, you know, like God was just kind of showing off in that regard. Like, Hey man, I, you want some character lessons? Here you go, brother. So it's more like that than it is. You know, I know coach Corbin does his classroom and his character. We do some of that, but nowhere near as depth as, as he does. And I, I think it's just more, my style to, to, I love it when kids will share and go, Hey coach, you know, this happened in class today or whatever. And they'll be like, Hey, can I, well, can I talk with the team about that? Uh, and, and reference you. And they're like, yeah. And then we grow together and you know, boom, that kind of stuff. So guys will bring that to you like during the day when they see you in school yeah. and then you bring that to practice or bring it to like the pre-practice talk. Yeah. And it probably, I mean, it won't be that day, but you know, right. it'll be, you know, whatever like, hey, you man, find it appropriate. Yeah. Like, like, Hey, let me think about this for a second. You know, I think the, that's another thing that we use the 24 hour rule for a lot of stuff. We talk to parents about using that, you know, if you have an issue, if it's important in 24 hours, then, then that means it was really important. So, mm -hmm. so let's wait. Well, I do the same with the players. Like I try to not respond, you know, I mean, obviously there's things you have to respond right away to, but a lot of them you want to give yourself time to marinate on that just a little bit and then talk about it. So, yeah, we'll do that. A lot of times, you know, talk about, yeah, he, uh, somebody came to talk to me about this was happening and, and, um, okay, let me think about this. I want, I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm talking about it the right way. If you're okay with me talking about it with the team and they'll be like, yes, or coach, no, I'd rather not, you not say anything. Okay, good. Then we're just going to work with you on it. You know, call you in the office and talk a little bit or, or whatever. And it's your, your assistant coaches, if you trust them, they're going to bring you a lot of stuff too. They're going to mm -hmm. come to you with, Hey, little Johnny coach, you may not know about this, but you know, grandpa died a couple of days ago or, or whatever it might be. And, you know, as the head coach, there, there's a lot, they're not going to tell you, but they're going to tell that, you know, the pitching coach or the hitting coach or the shortstop coach or whatever, whoever it might be. And I think football gets that so much, you know, they've got so many 
um, different position coaches that develop such strong relationships. And, uh, you know, baseball's not always that way, but if you turn your assistant coaches loose, they'll do it. They'll bring a lot to you. Yeah, it's pretty valuable. It's absolutely yeah, no doubt. Super valuable. Oh, man. Um, uh, uh, I was just thinking about it just coming into my mind, like how, you know, you, you got BMAT with USA Baseball, and I know both of you guys, like with, with character development, but I mean, all the guys. And so how does that, how do those kind of things, you know, when you want to develop and you know, that's like you said, you're, you're preparing kids for the most important events. And I love that the events that matter the most. Yeah. And how do you, how do you relate that to guys like in the, in the summer, like when you're really in, your, in your summer program? Yeah, I think, you know, the phone is so valuable in the summer to do that. Like we've, we've got a group me, like I'm sure everybody does and, and you share accomplishments you share struggles you share nuggets you do it all sometimes through that because you know we we live in one of the homes of perfect game now and so there we get them say three days a week in the summer so our three days a week is to make sure we kind of get them you know tightened back up to go back out and show themselves off again like the whole this whole three day first three days this week was let's get you ready to be scouted for the first time in a long time because mm-hmm. this is the first weekend scouts, college scouts can get out. Yeah. So, but then it's, it's, let's, let's talk through stuff. Like I'll, I'll get a, a, something fun. I see on Twitter that I think applies to people. Boom. And we'll, I'll send it out and then they'll share stuff about it. And I think it all goes back to the, the climate that you put out there. You know, if, if you are roasting guys all the time for, for uh, speaking up, they're not going to speak up, but if you, you know, build that up and, and I've got, I have to work on it all the time. You know, the little bit of a sarcastic uh, take on a guy and, and hammer him for something that really isn't that big a deal. And I think we're, I'm having fun with him and he takes it the wrong way. Well, you got to watch that. You got to really sometimes just say, Hey man, that's a heck of a point. That is awesome. And build them up. And so a lot of it happens over the phone for us in the summer um, with just, just that trying to stay in touch. I make them send us their stats all summer long. Uh, on a form, just a Google form. And, and so we'll praise people too. Like, Hey, did y'all see little Johnny? He went off this weekend and, you know, all those organizations are putting videos out about kids now. And so we can kind of, you know, harness that too. But what happens is they know, Hey, coach is involved in what I'm doing this summer. Coach yeah. cares about what I'm doing this summer. And I can ask him questions. I can share my team's involved in what's going on this summer. They want to see me play well. And, you know, the conversation continues. So it's just like, you know, and so much of this that you've you talked about really mentions about culture, you know, and creating the culture, you know, and, and you have, I mean, how long you been at Hoover now? You've been in Hoover. This was my seventh year. We just finished up. Right. And you were at Virgil, right? Virgil Grissom. Uh, Grissom. Grissom High School. Virgil Grissom High School. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. so when in the seven years you've gotten to this point, like what have been the biggest things within your culture to kind of get it to this point? Um, well, you man, have these that, guys, well, you have these guys like texting you and being vulnerable. Cause it's basically what you're kind of saying is you're, you're extremely vulnerable with these guys, letting them know about life. And yeah, no, I, th- I think the first thing is they need to know consistent that you're going to be there consistently, you know, like it where, and you're going to run, you're going to run, be in the front. We need to be in the front, be in the back. We need to be in the back. You know, I, I, one of those things that coaches today don't always do is I think the rule is real simple. You know, when the players, when they win, they won. And when, when the team loses, you lost, the, the coach lost and, and you take the bullets. And I think they need to know you'll take the bullets for them. And I think they need to know that um, you're going to absolutely push them to the front uh, when they're having success and you're going to praise the mess out of them. And so you, you start there by being consistent and doing those sorts of things and just being consistent and being there and consistently pushing them and them knowing like, we're going to change every year, certain things, but we're also not, you know, like what there's some yeah. things are, are not changing. Uh, and the work ethic is going to be the same. We're going to require you to work exceptionally hard or it's not a program for you if you don't want to work exceptionally hard. And that's, that's fine. Like that's your decision. But in doing that, one of the big things we've done here is we hire a group to do our strength training. Okay. So when they're doing that, that lets us step to the back 
and let the strength training guys have everything organized, plan the day. And then you essentially, for lack of a better term, sweat with your kids. Like you're back there in the, in the line when they're, they're running or whatever, and you're just trying to build them and you're trying to you know push them through things. And when they're in the weight room, it's the same deal. And so they know, Hey, coach is with me no matter what. And I think that is the separator, honestly, for a lot of high school coaches versus a lot of summer coaches, right? The high school coach is there, if they're doing it right, they're there all the time. Like they are, they are the constant in the life. There are summer programs, a lot of them who are the same way. And that's awesome. And it's a whole nother tangent, but high school coaches that run away from that summer program that cracks me up, like, stop, you know, we, we got, we have to work together. Mm-hmm. but there are a lot of summer programs, as you know, cause you deal with it all summer long that are there for, you know, the nine, 10 weeks of the summer. And then they, they get out and the, all they want to do is be able to say Joe Smith from team Joe's crab shack, uh, signed with so-and-so college and added his name to the list. Mm-hmm. And the great summer programs aren't the way and the great high school programs aren't that way. And that's who the, I think players gravitate towards these days is those who are consistently, diving into them and hoping to and consistently building them in any way they can. Mm-hmm. So if I were saying that, like, what have we done? I think that's what we've tried to do is just be consistent. Be and, consistent being there. Yeah. And consistent is, I think players gravitate to consistency. I just do. They, they, they don't gravitate towards, um, I mean, the, the wrong player is going to gravitate towards, the, the kind of the fly by night thing that just throws the stuff at you and, and doesn't have substance, but those, the programs that have substance and are always there, that's the one players want to be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For the right reasons. Yeah. Get taken care of. No doubt. Mm. Mm, for sure. Oh, dude. So going back to your pitching, you know, you're being such a pitching guy and being yeah. the head coach you know, and being in charge of hit pitching for your program and being the head coach and managing a game, like how, yeah. how, how has that been a balance for you, man? Like how, what have you kind of learned through the process? Well, so interestingly enough, I do not call him anymore for our team. So mm-hmm. I, we have a pitching guy also who, uh, his name's Aaron Wasserman and Aaron played in the big leagues. And so, you know, if you can pitch in the big leagues, you can probably call your own game in a high school game, but yeah. we do a lot of prep on the front ends. Uh, and then it was the, the genesis of me doing that, having him call the pitches is exactly what you just said. Like, it's very hard yeah, to call the pitch, but also check the first baseman, the second baseman, short slaps, third baseman, et cetera, make sure they're in the right spot, all that stuff. So and we, we got beat sometimes because we didn't have a guy in the right place and to, to handle the pitch. So there's a, it's a very much a conversation during a game between me and him, you know, I'm going to let our coaches coach. So I'll ask him like, you know, what are you doing here? And he will say, we're going to spin or whatever. And so uh, we're going to get him out with spin. So I know where we're going to put our defense. We have some audibles. We'll put the defense on, but from a managing a game perspective, I have always found it hard Mm -hmm. to, to call a pitch and, you know, make sure the right guy's ready to pinch it. If he needs to pinch it and make sure we got the courtesy runner ready or the pinch runner ready. And that those things are hard to do all that together. So, um, you know, I, I'm in the dugout now all the time. Um, I let, we have another coach that I let coach third, who's been a high school varsity coach before, and he knows his stuff. And, and, you know, he set the record this year for getting guys thrown out at the plate. So we've already had to talk about that, you know, but you know, as I told him, if you get somebody thrown out, if you don't get anybody thrown out, you haven't sent enough people. Right. But, um, you know, I think it, it, that's a, that's a tough line for a high school coach. Yeah. When so much is being demanded of you that uh, you need to kind of, if you can take that off, I think it's a smart thing to do or call the pitches and let have an offensive guy who does that and is done with it. Like you don't touch it um, or, or have a call the pitches and have the defensive guy right next to you who will, you can have just some very quick communication cues that really affect, you know, what they do with the defense. Cause we're going to have a scouting report on, the team we're going to play in a big game, then we're going to know where we want our guys started, but you got to be able to read the swing too, right? Like, you know, you're throwing, you guys throwing fastballs and this guy's late on him. Well, it can say dead pull all the time, but if he's late, he's late that day. So let's go ahead and make some adjustments um, right away and trust them to do it. 
So mm-hmm. kind of a different answer, I guess, to your question than you were thinking, but you know, yeah. it just no, that's kind of how we do it. Yeah. It was just real though. Like, so like, I mean, but I'm sure that you've, you've been in years where you didn't have those you know, yep. right? and you know, and you yep. know, high, and that's another thing about high school life is, you know, you might, those guys might not always be there. You might not have the guys that year. That's right. You know, that's right. And so any kind of advice to like what you would do in that situation or what did you try to do? Yeah. So I think when it comes to, I would, let's just start with like defense and, and uh, cause I think defensive positioning is, is obviously a hot topic for a lot of people, but it's also like a, undercoached thing like how many teams actually just have their make sure their players are, are knowing what pitch is coming and most right. of them have no idea so you start there and let the, let the players coach it you know if you're a good team your best player or you're, you're gonna have really good players at shortstop and second base so let them coach through the whole deal like um and, and they can shift on their approach you know they see fastball coming so they on their prep steps, they work a little more backside or on all speeds coming, they work a little more pull side and that kind of stuff. So you start there. Um, then you put it on the hands of the players a lot. Like when I had only two, I would come up and go, Hey, in the first inning, like tell uh, Johnny, like, Hey man, listen, you're the pinch hitter. If they got a right-handed pitcher that comes in the, in the game. So if that's happening in, but from the fourth inning on, you come find me. And let me and come ask, and I'm not going to be mad at you. Come ask, coach. Do I need to be ready? And I'll tell them, you know, like, yeah, you do, or no. We're going to let it let the lineup flip one more time. And the next time Johnny comes up, you're the pinch hitter for him. Mm-hmm. So I think you put it. If you, the more you give those players insight into what you're trying to accomplish, the more the game will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like running the offense, you know, there's some some things that our players are really going to know uh, that we're going to do it all the time and we're going to have some signs for that that are really quick one touch things. And, and in doing that, it lets you kind of, if you can get to some situations like that where you give one touch and they know what's going on, then you can do some, uh, I guess like you can speed your, your delivery of the message up because to me being next to the hitter on deck is the most important thing. Right. And so like you, you want to be able to talk to him before he goes to the plate. Well, if you're talking to him, and having to go through a whole system of signs and maybe throwing an audible out at somebody that gets pretty hard. Sure. So if you got some, some real quick things you can do that you've practiced in practice and that may kind of would go towards a whole another practice talk, but would, yeah, then you get like, they know what you want to do before you do it. Like, I mean, everybody knows first and second, nobody out in a big game in the seventh inning, we're bunting, oh, <laughs> we're doing yeah. it. And like, and so we got a one touch and we put it on. You know, and, and, and it's done unless it's like our donkey that's got 25 bombs on the year, which I still haven't coached that guy, but he may come at some he point. He may. He might be here. Good so, luck getting that one. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, that being said, like they know and, and we've practiced it enough. And, and you know, I, again, the, the players are going to know they know what works and doesn't, you know, it, it, the more you do it. And I, I would say the fewer coaches you have, obviously, the more you're going to lean on players, but also the more um you probably need to do even more game review to tell them this is what we wanted to do this is what i was thinking if you video your games it takes care of a lot of that too you know we, we video everything and, and, and it makes it easier yeah for sure i'm just proactive proactive yeah. communicating it's our, yeah. you know on your lineup card designating here the courtesy runner is like just put yes. a little yes. marks cr right on the lineup card this could yeah. be the pinch hitter in a situation you know like even just the simple things like that would help as well no doubt like i looked out this year and we our catcher got on, and the, the courtesy runner knew exactly who he was. And I swear he hasn't even gotten to first on the walk, and our guy's waiting on him. Like, okay, man, you got to figure it out. You know, like, th- this is good. And it's not really legal, but, you know, the umpires let – you know, he's like, hey, man, you got to step off the field for just a second so uh, <laughs> this guy can get to first. So, so yeah, I, I think the more you can empower them, the better when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, and there's our roles there too. You know, everybody Yeah, no doubt. Out. No doubt, roles matter. They they just so so matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just thinking about like you, like you said, you've you've worn it out, and I know we can go down this road of like practicing. You know, like so. Yeah. Will. So game situational, like you're trying to scrimmage a good bit to to put these kind of things in. Yeah, and you had Sherm on, right? Yep. To talk, so he he turned me on to something that him and a couple West Coast guys we talked about, and they start or the West coast guys I talked to start every practice with like a, they call it a triangle drill, but essentially it's, you put a pitching machine out there 
and you put coaches calling offense live, you put coaches calling defense live, and say it's the first 15 minutes of practice, and you've done situations for the first 15 minutes, and you're fl- it's like a new bullet is being thrown out of the machine every 10 seconds. It's just fast-paced, and you video it, right? Then, A, they're locked in for the rest of practice because if you screwed up during the drill, if it was a mental mistake, there was, a, a, there was an accountability piece to it. Like maybe you're mm-hmm. going to touch the foul pole or you're doing push-up, whatever it is, right? So they're locked in for the rest of practice. B, you videoed it. So now, at you know, the next day, if you want to start practice with that or finish practice the next day, we're like, hey, we're going to go and watch some video of this. Hey, we just had first thirds, and we were running our standard play, and they stole, and we were in a terrible position, and this is not what we want to be. And they learn it really fast because, you know, and again, it's that whole constraints thing, and it's the whole, you know, adding um, accountability for mistakes. And it was only 15 minutes to start the practice, but now I'm mentally locked in for the rest of practice. They, they had to get rid of whatever it was they had in the school that day. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, girlfriend talked bad to them or had a bad lunch, but it don't matter because the whole team's counting on you or, you know, you're in trouble. Well, just a short period like that every day can be a valuable teacher, especially if you video it. So, but it will enter squad too, but you know, a bunch, probably more than we should have to start this year. That's why we start off the year so bad, but, or it's one of the reasons probably, but um, you know, you do all that, you do enough and you video it and you can really reteach it and share it with your players. And you have a bunch of video, you know, clips of, Hey, this was when we did it really well. So let's make sure we use that, and, you know, just kind of keep hitting them back with it over and over and over again. And you're putting those situations in right away. Typically, people wait until the end to do those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. It almost would give you feedback and almost what we need to definitely do at practice as well. No doubt. No doubt about it. Like, look, well, now we're just going to rep this. Now we're just going to rep this. Or we got to, you know, work on our double play feeds or, you know, whatever That's it. it is. Or no question. We couldn't get a bunt down during our first 15 minutes and bunt time, you know. So that could be some definite uh, automatic feedback and make practices just totally more, you know, bought in. No say. doubt. Yeah, I think they're bought in right away. When you yeah, yeah, no for sure, man. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So here's another question with that. You know, just especially picking your brain here as a as a pitching guy, because okay. I've really got because like I said, I I'm a big com- competitor and thinking about like live bullpens, like competitive bullpens when they're trying to get after a little bit. Let's say that guy that is dealing all the time. So we got to pull up, like, would you have ever or have you like even or let's say you got a you know that tweener guy that just hasn't got the innings. You're gonna throw them out. And your bullpen's going to be live. Oh, with, with all Harrison. the time. Yes, yes. I think here's what I think people do too little of live uh, appearances and taking advantage of the fact that, you know, we talked about flat grounds. Well, what is to say you can't throw your flat ground to a hitter? Yeah. And just work on your stuff. If you got the ability to, to use a governor and really throw 80%. And work on your stuff and see how a hitter reacts to it. Well, A, the hitter's getting better, and B, you're getting better. Right. Right? Well, we go live all the time. I I want as many live outings. It it, it goes back to, like, do you want to experience failure or do you not? And and, and failure is the greatest teacher, hands down. And so, you know, let's go let them experience failure as much as we can. Or success, too. Like, you know, I go out there and one of our favorite live appearances, you want to see pitchers walk around with their chest out is say, hey, every hitter that gets in there, it's 0-2. I mean, they start snapping stuff off and, you know, you know, strutting and everything else, and our hitters are working on their two-strike approach. And we were like, you've seen it. We are like, we have two fields. So we'll have the backfield doing two-strike hitting and the, and the, and the game field doing, um, you know, some an actual normal batting practice setup or whatever. And now all of a sudden, and you can do that in a cage. You can do it anywhere. And the intensity level and the learning capacity – to me has just gone up just by doing that. So we go live a bunch and I, I have zero problem with me personally shortening the mound mm-hmm. to say 50 feet at 80%. Yeah. Well, just, it makes the hitter better. It makes the pitcher better and they're all working on their stuff and they win. We all win in that, in that instance, but you got to schedule it now. Like that's, yeah, a, that's right. Right. That, that, that's one of those that where scheduling becomes a little more difficult. It's hard. It's harder to do uh, just because, I mean, you got to keep track of what your pitchers are doing or you're going to, you will blow them up, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, color code, your, your pitching, like the, the best thing a pitching coach can do is have all my pitchers every day of the week. This is what they're doing. And, you know, start your practice knowing what your pitchers are doing and then go from there at that point. 
Mm-hmm. Or like you said, if something pops up too, you know, hey, this guy hang out work. We got to get him work. We want to get him competing. Or like the, you know, the form comes in, all these guys are like feeling really good. Then they're going to compete. Like, let's just throw a hit yeah. in here. Yeah. And so say you want to do that triangle drill to start the practice. You got two guys that feel really good. Well, brother, you're out there for 20 pitches and you're out there for 20 pitches and something is happening on all 20 of those pitches. Yeah. And they're going to figure it out. I mean, the, the learning capacity goes way, way up because yeah. you can put a watch on a kid and a pen and say, Hey man, I need you to deliver that pitch one, three or better. And that's cool. Right. But you can do it with all our base runners sitting over there at first base uh, in a triangle drill. And they're trying to steal off of you. And if they steal, they're going to let you know, they just stole the base off of you mm-hmm. and it just gets better real fast. Yeah. I mean, you seem like a, a pace guy too, that just likes yeah. the pace of practice and things like that. Yeah. How do, is that, you know, cause I know from, I think, is that some of the anxiety or guys thinking like it just doesn't move fast enough? Um, uh, it, honestly, it's just trying to be efficient and, yeah. and I, I want the game to move fast too. Like, like, like when the, after the pitch previous is thrown, like it, I'm coming with the sign, whatever the signs are like it, get, throw it to him, get your eyes on me and let's roll. Cause I, fr- from a pitching perspective, I always wanted to know, um, or I always wanted to be able to control my pace. So if I can get the pitch in as quick as possible, mm-hmm. he can do whatever he wants to do on the mound. And by the time he's looking at the catcher, he's ready to throw down, throw the pitch down and let's go. So, uh, yeah, I want to go fast. You know, I think, um, that being said, like learning to control your own pace is a big deal, you know, yeah. and, and there are teams that needed to go, go slower. And it's not from anything other than like our bet. One of our best players has a long routine. Every swing, he takes a minute uh, like to, it's not really a minute, but he takes a while to, to, go through his swing routine. Well, that's him. And so I'm not going to speed him up because he's pretty good. Well, sometimes they take too long. And so I think there's value to that, but yeah, we want to go fast in what we do just from an efficiency of time more than anything else. I think when you have kids, all of a sudden you want to be as efficient as possible, you know? Yeah. To get in. Yeah. Get home. Um, I I agree. But yeah, I'm just thinking of just like, you know, what we all just know what that looks like. You know, Petra gets out there and you're trying to, you know, put us, put a scrimmage in or a live situation and, you know, things just slow down. Yeah, you know? they do. That's why you put that governor on Yeah, like, you know, every 10 seconds and you just have extra baseballs behind the plate or behind yeah. the mound and ball gets thrown away. Dude, don't chase it. Just, yeah. just get the next one up and let's go. There's a lot more value to throwing the next pitch than there is making sure that ball didn't get in the puddle, you know? Yeah. No, hundred percent. Fantastic stuff, man. We just kind of covered a, a great, great array of dust wide range of stuff man i can't i appreciate it mo it's just it's no doubt awesome. man no it's doubt awesome. man it's been fun for sure yes uh so Mose, if there's any uh anybody wants to just reach out more about maybe like how you're doing the triangle drill or things like that what's the best way to get in contact with you buddy just email me uh at a mosley at this is such a bad email address i wish i had a better <laughs> one it's a mosley at hoover.k12.al.us or on twitter they can dm me on twitter and um you know, I'd share anything. There's no, there's no secrets. I don't, I think one of our biggest jobs as a coach is to, you know, pay back, pay it forward, however you want to look at it. But, you know, somebody gave it to you and we're all thieves. You know, mm-hmm. every coach has stolen something from somebody it's legal in baseball. So uh, we, we take and, and uh, we'll also give back though. You got to make sure you're giving whatever you, whatever you can. Cause there's another young coach coming soon that needs to know and, and you need to pass that stuff down as much as you can. Coach Adam Mosley, just killing it. Just loved our conversation. Just hit the ground running from the get-go. Honestly, just from the pick start, just press record and rock and roll and just talk baseball and from pitching to culture, game management, a little bit of practice. Um, just just a great baseball conversation with a great baseball guy. Um just loved, you know, his zone talk, talking about his zones and how they make them with between hitters and pitchers. It's just one common communication. It's phenomenal. Um, release points. We talk about release points, uh, getting to those, what the hell's for the pitcher feels. Um, you know, and you heard of so much of it individualized and uh, in how he's making programs or, you know, being able to do things during the week for certain kids based on f- of – how they perform or what they're getting ready to perform. I think those are two things. Those are two good things. Here's what we're getting ready to do, and here's what how you performed both those things. And 
one thing bolded in my notes was coaching the events that matter the most, which is exactly why he was on the podcast, exactly why most of the guys that here, because the most, the, the important events that happen the most, probably not going to be that fourth inning, you know, sack month that they have to get down, uh, or sixth inning, you know, the knock with second and third, it'll be memorable, uh, it just not what matters most, and you heard through his, through his talk about, you know, what does matter the most, and the biggest compliment is about getting that invitation to a wedding, and it is the moments and the things that he's trying to help instill into his guys and his program, and he's got developing character, he's got character development in the fall, they've got a specific day during the spring, you know, as it as it needs to be, uh, but that's continuing to be part of their program, and uh, he is consistently there, the man of consistency, and that's how he's helping build his culture, building a strong culture where they've won five area championships in a row, and they continue to be dominant as he continues to be there, just be there consistently, whether he's in the front, like you said, whether he's in the front leading him or he's in the back, whatever they kind of need at that time. So um, just, again, if you need to email him, maybe shoot him over an email, amosley at hoover.k12.al.us. Mosley is M-O-S-E-L-E-Y, amosley at hoover.k12.al.us. Uh, his DMs are open on Twitter. You want to reach out to him at, Mo- at Mosley Adam. Loved it, enjoyed it, and um, hope it made you better. I know it did. So, um, Coach Rose, thanks again, man. Until next week, keep getting better. <laughs>